0: I just want to preemptively cheers to the New Hampshire Democratic Committee uh, doing their current <laughs> current caucuses, because uh, I can't imagine you doing a worse job, because uh, if you do, you're going to have to burn down basically the whole state. Tomorrow's apparatus. the primary. You just
1: yeah. show up and vote, man. Nobody can fuck that up, yeah. right?
0: Well, well, it depends on how many apps were written by the Boogie Gags campaign managers. Brutal. Brutal. Uh, so do a better job. I can't imagine you
1: doing worse. Just do some counting New to Hampshire. you.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix Six, where we drink six beers, have six conversations, random on a five-point scale. Sometimes you vote for what we talk about. We count those votes using a base 10 integer system, which uh, is apparently not rolled out to all the Midwest states yet, but we've got it here. Uh, w- what we've-, we've
1: decided to do is we're going to contract a company. Now listen up, they're called Shadow. Now that may <laughs> seem weird. But it's not. It's about full transparency in this democratic process of voting for mixed six content When you think
2: transparency, you think of shadows. That's exactly right. They're the most transparent thing of all. No No big deal.
1: Uh, (laughs) It's run by failed podcasters. They've decided to really open up the content creation vote machine. (laughs) It sounds like
2: it. Yeah. uh, Too bad they didn't. So when we talk
1: about your number one vote getter tonight, it's not
2: going to be the person that got the most votes. That's exactly right. It's going
0: to be the person who got the most SDEs. That's exactly right. Which are statistical delegates... Of podcast equivalency. Yes, that's right. Uh, but we didn't want to call it Stipease, so we had to change it. It yeah.
1: is a complex system, but one that leads the forefront of our most important countrywide decisions. <laughs> yes. So we'll continue to do so. Hey, if it's good enough for America, it's good enough for the Mixix podcast. Um, things are coming up, and by the time this episode gets posted, we're probably only a few months out from uh origins in june in columbus ohio will be there already talked to a couple people on the mixed six discord that we're probably going to try to get some things going in columbus
0: yeah if you want to contact us that's pretty much the only way right we, we're not going to do
1: or things officially go to columbus and look for the el camino that would be the other yeah, way to figure we, out what we're, we're going to wander around like vagabonds that's exactly yeah. right Uh, And then just, uh, God, like five short weeks after that, we'll be in Indianapolis, Indiana for Gen Con. We've got a Mix 6 live show, an RPPR live show. I think you guys are doing a Game Designers Workshop there. Yep. So we're keeping it event light at Origins so that we can play games, walk around, maybe record some content, and we'll be a little more event heavy at Gen Con. So if you don't have your tickets yet or you're looking to find out what's going on on the Mixed 6 side of things, don't forget to get yourself a Patreon level that would get you access to that Discord where we've got planning channels for origins and gen con 2020 but for today we're gonna rate and review beer caleb you've come up with our rating system so what are we what are we using for our base 10 integer system of beer implementation
0: i'm gonna do 90s pbs shows based on their babysitting quality oh so like shit you put on to like keep you distracted how how much of it will pacify a child right And what will they get out of
1: that pacification? Also known as the 90s iPad. Yes, yes. yes. Uh
0: The the, the iPad
1: of of the 90s. That's exactly right.
0: It weighed 110 pounds and was attached to your wall.
1: Your father was terribly, terribly excited about it and wanted to show it. Touching its
0: screen shocked you violently. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, technology has improved over the days. That's exactly right. So number one, a beer you don't want to drink again, a 90s babysitting show that uh, you probably ruined the lives of your children if you force them to watch. I'm going to go with Barney. Yeah. Barney, I'm not convinced had educational value. I still think it was some sort of mimetic hack that like went straight to the lizard brain and sort of like like when a snake can get a mouse to like run into its mouth, yes. Sort of like how I felt watching Barney. I when I was a
1: child. That to this day I watch television shows that no respectable human should watch. Okay, so let let me say that, and now I can say, and I can excuse away that behavior as a six-year-old because you're six. You don't know what's good and bad television. I still firmly believe that no reasonable six-year-old can explain why they watch Barney, and that it is. You remember in uh, is it Batman Forever where the Joker? Uh, played by Jim Carrey uh, is going to set up like a set top box. That's going to like beam Joker vision into people's brains. And they're just going to be stuck. staring. Fantastic film. Uh, So Schumacher really had it figured out. He really understood (laughs) Batman and maybe more importantly, the Joker's ethos. Yeah. Uh, Riddler. Sorry. Riddler's ethos. Um, uh, I can only imagine that's what happened to me for the year that I year or so that I watched Barney. And before before you come at me in my DMs,
0: I would have put Teletubbies, but I was a bit beyond Teletubbies age when it was. A that's lot. right. Yeah. Also, I think Teletubbies does have some worth because, like, if I'm on a college like art history course and I need to explain surrealism. Let's pop on some Teletubbies. We're done here. Right. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess what? This doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> if
1: I had children and I wanted to warn them against the dangers of drugs, I would show them an episode of Teletubbies. Be like, it's just that, man. It's just that for the rest of your fucking life. And I think it would turn people off.
0: Uh, okay. Number two, uh, uh, a beer you also don't want, right, but right. it is at least better and has some educational value.
1: I'm going go with Arthur yeah i don't understand arthur
0: arthur's like doug funny if he was a furry like it didn't Mm. do anything but teach me who to beat up at school like kids like arthur yeah targets yeah that's that's the ones uh there's some educational value i know what an aardvark is now apparently it's like arthur uh i got something out of it but
2: uh did not did not like that show it did have matt damon as a guest star that one time he was drawn Real well, <laughs> man. <laughs> that is a deep cut on that Arthur. There, producer. That was a that was a meme. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Another another one that I think uh, I've aged out to because I think the person that took the Arthur throne is mm-hmm. Caillou. Oh that my little God. fucker. Fucking
1: Caillou. That little
0: fucker. And tell me you don't want to punch Caillou in the face. I Because I'll tell you, you're a fucking liar if you w- say
1: no. Watched a lot of Caillou when my nieces were young, and I've never been more uh, angry at anything. That song's in your head right now because
0: I said the name. I fucking it knows. is It is the Baby Shark of 1998. Jesus
1: Christ. It was terrible. We, All right. We have to move on.
0: All right. Uh, so a three. And now we're getting to the No Imitator. Real good PBS Baby sure, Shark. Sure, 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 sure. Gonna go with Joy of Painting, Bob Ross.
2: Totally. Still watch
0: it. He owns the throne. He's there. I'll watch it today. Like, it works on adults. Here's Twitch, the thing.
2: Twitch loves Bob Ross. I Twitch loves fucking Bob love Ross. Bob. I
0: might watch Bob Ross tonight. Also, if you want to if you want to learn how to paint, you're going to learn how to paint. Here's the thing. I've never learned anything from Bob Ross no, other that... than it's, like, pleasant to hear his voice and watch his Afro self work. Yeah, the educational. So, like, for me. But I've heard you can but it still requires, like, effort and practice, which isn't great.
1: It, uh, it's the OG British Bake Off to me. Uh, like, super relaxing. I like to see the process happen from start to finish. And the whole time I've kind of entertained by this very pleasant person who's just really enjoying this craft. Uh, this is a good pick. All right. So a four. We're, we're getting really good Good
0: now. stuff. It's Sesame Street.
1: Yeah. You're going to learn mm-hmm. all
0: sorts of shit. You're going to learn your numbers. You're going to learn your letters. You're going to learn shit about biology and the natural world. Class. Uh diversity. Yeah, class, diversity. Uh um, how to live in a trash can. Uh who's who's hot in the news right now? You're gonna have celebrities. You That's know, exactly you right. know you made it if you're on Sesame Street. Um yeah, so Sesame Street's real good.
1: I'm actually surprised. I'm surprised this is a four, because Sesame Street feels like peak PBS. Well, I mean there there's one that goes higher. Okay, okay.
0: Mr. Rogers. Oh, uh, sure. Still sure, sure, on sure, in sure. the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking it still uh the closest we're gonna get to a saint in the real world uh i'll watch it to this day you got puppets you got mm-hmm, mm-hmm, shoe tying there's entertaining musical AF numbers uh it's also kind of quiet and you can go to sleep to it totally quiet. uh like the bob it's got the best of both worlds I'm always le- positive i'm learning my numbers right i'm also kind of sleepy uh, I'm not throwing anything or being rambunctious. That That's a good baby that, that
1: is. This is a good poll. And, and no one's inherited poll-
0: that throne. Who, who are you going to put up against Rogers? Pee-wee? Nah. No. nah.
1: It's a different ball game. Nah. Man. No.
0: No. Thank you. Uh, so yeah. Mr. Rogers. Hard five.
1: Uh, that will be the rating system that we'll use for today's beers. And on that note, I'm going to grab a beer and we'll be right back for dissecting our fun to talk about some board games. <laughs> Hey, Spencer, what are you drinking? So this is from Public House. feel like we haven't had one of their beers for a hot minute. It has been a bit. I also don't think I've ever really liked one of their beers. Wow. So fingers They live crossed. at three for yeah, me. Yeah, that feels right. So this is Anthony's Pacification. It's a Russian Imperial Stout. Um, it says nothing interesting on the side. Bless you for that. I am trying to find the ABV. 10%. So here we go. Good Big starter. Boy. Big boy.
0: We should do an entire episode of like 10% beers that are like three times the size of that can. Have we, oh. have we ever considered that? Or? You don't remember
1: that episode at all, do no. you? No. Yeah, oh, okay, I don't. <laughs> um So this tastes like a Russian Imperial Stout. And at first I thought this is going to be more than a three. Here's the problem. It's the watery version of a Russian Imperial Stout. Mm. So you get a little bit of that almost like tobacco iness uh, because there's not a lot of heft to it. To, Heavy smoke yeah oh too much like bad smoke a little bit uh like that cigarette was put out a couple of days ago and now you're kind of hitting the bottom of it so yeah
0: it's got kind of like the i think someone threw something wrong into the campfire but yes. i can't quite tell right but but the front is not, not bad, bad. No, right. no, it's a three for me yeah it's a three uh
1: the front is not bad actually the front tastes like a nice uh russian imperial stout uh, to truth be told, if I got that on draft somewhere, I'd probably drink more than one of them. Yeah, it's
0: not a good tobacco-y flavor. No, yeah, no.
1: It's just, it's a little bit burnt on the back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the malt's a little, yeah. a little too crispy. A too carbon. Guys. Yeah, that aftertaste is not... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not the worst beer we've had from them by a country mile. Oh, uh, no. Would probably drink another one. To push. Guess what? Shift. It's a three. That's exactly who, right. Who to guess? Hey, we're in Dissecting our Fun. What are we talking about?
0: Grant from Melbourne says, discuss the implications of counterfeit board games on the gaming market... Will it drive more purchases to reputable venues, websites, or will poor quality copies from eBay, Amazon give newbies a bad view of board games?
1: This is an interesting problem. And I understand, I think I was, uh, if I was tracking the Discord appropriately the other day, Maddie has a a counterfeit copy of something. Uh, I don't remember what. Dixit. Dixit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a knockoff. Um,
0: I, I have been reading about it, and I think it is more prominent in Australia, Asia. Um, I think it's harder to do. Well, it's
2: probably it's probably bigger in coastal cities in America too. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's harder to do the the further you go into distribution chains. Right. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I I do think that's that, but it is an issue uh, in China because counterfeiting everything is an issue in China. That's right. When and I went to, China, I'm kind of amazed yeah. they took this long to get on board. But you know, on um, board games.
2: Yeah. When I went to China, I remember going through like a block of stores that were just board games and really like and everything at very very cheap prices yeah. like prices that are not le- like legitimate Unreasonable. Not right. yeah. <laughs> yeah like 10 bucks for Catan or something like that sure so, yeah
1: i mean the uh, easy answer for me here is um anything which would undermine the creator's ability to uh you know m- make good uh, for whatever that means on their work is not something i'm crazy about that's kind of like my number one response here is like If this undermines what creators get out of the work they do, bad. Uh, I think I can both hold that opinion true and also the other opinion, which is to say um, I really believe that board games can have a transformative impact on communities, people, humans, society, call it what you want. You can be as grand or as non-grand as you'd like. And I do believe that as a means issue, board gaming is not built for everybody. Yeah. And there has to be some corrective there at some point for board games to really, I think, have uh, some of the transformative power I think they're capable of having. And I don't know... I can't think of another avenue there that's just going to randomly drive down the cost of games Uh, because I will tell you what, it has not been uh, the increased supply of a variety of games. Uh, (laughs) It hasn't been their increasing inclusion in libraries
0: or anything of that nature. No, that's exactly right. So I agree. Um, I do want to respond to Grant's question. I don't think this is going to have a negative effect on the hobby in terms of people participating in it. I agree. Because I think the likelihood of someone like I'm going to go buy a game randomly Googling on the internet, a game name, and then somehow finding the still thankfully rare instance where you're going to find a seller that is going to just put up like Mm -hmm. a knockoff board game that has been poorly printed from China. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's, pretty rare. It's more rare than like uh, it's kind of like the asylum film film model during video like stores. Totally. Like, yep. Like grandma went to the store and was looking for the that transmorphers yep. that Jimmy wanted. Like, And then they pick it up because they're completely clueless. I know so, f- in fact I know no one. Mm-hmm. I know absolutely no one who got into board games from that sort of like spontaneous virgin birth, right? Like sort of experience where I know nothing about it. I have no friends that are interested in it Mm -hmm. yet. I shall go out and uh, per, it's sort of an evangelical hobby meaning that yeah. if you're being onboarded into it right. you're probably being onboarded by a psycho like you or me yeah. who has you know an enormous board game shelf and reads about board games right. and board game geek things and totally agree i don't um, think i don't
1: think it leads you into the hobby i think it's your way of accessing the hobby that you've been introduced to so yeah
0: i can't imagine the situation where like someone gets a counterfeit game and it's their first game right yeah uh so I, I don't think it's going to affect that. I think it's going to piss off hardcore gamers like totally. us if we end up snagging one. Mm-hmm. But I also uh, can't imagine doing that. Like, I'm going to go to meta Games. I'm right. going to go to a big convention. Yeah. I don't like I don't buy stuff used. Well, I don't buy a ton of that stuff unless it's at a swap meet and I can check it before I get it. Like right. I would never buy a game off of eBay under um, like any circumstance. Totally agree.
2: Well, I think the thing is that counterfeit like the idea that the, uh counterfeiter games would hurt people coming into the game is because it's an inferior copy or whatever. Right. But that's not the case. Almost all of these counterfeits are made at the same factory that the real copies are. Right. That's just a common thing. It's like Oh, this is a popular game. Well, we'll just make an extra ten thousand copies and sell them on the gray market and yeah. dump them this way. This way, so it's the, the, physically it's the same game, or it's yeah. very hard to tell. I'm a firm uh, believer. I mean,
0: some of them are different factories. Some of them are different quality paper stock. Um, some of them, but a, a lot of them will have uh, print quality issues with smearing of the ink mm. and, and issues like that. But I, yeah, but, but yeah, cost. it's not going. Most most I've seen aren't yeah. unplayable. They aren't missing components or missing yeah. things like that. And, and component
1: they, quality is certainly important. And we've talked about it a lot. They, they in at have
0: the files that was sent out to print the game. Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I can think of a, a much smaller number of games that I was turned off of because of component quality, for example. Uh, as compared to the number of games I was turned off of because I got a bad introduction to those games. Yeah. I still think the single greatest, one of the single greatest starts outside of means for people not getting into board games or actively trying not to get into board games is bad uh, initial encounters. Bad learning teach. It, yeah, bad teach uh, mm-hmm. in initial encounters. And so that shit's not great. Um, do I think it will have a negative effect on the board game industry? No. M- my Impulse here, actually, is to say the opposite. I think that knockoff games will probably mean that people buy, could mean, I think it's more likely to grow access to gaming, is frankly how I feel. That doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't mean I support it. I also think it's kind of the natural thing that board gaming is booming. Uh, means are an issue in board gaming, and the cost of games has not come down. Uh, e- even good printings of games. I mean, when you go to miniature market in St. Louis, which exists exclusively because they almost buy and sell at cost for the most part, Yeah. even then for large games we're talking about you know 60 70 dollars abomination which is a game we've played a couple times now uh which you know has a lot of components is a fairly chunky game on amazon the cheapest i can find it is 37.99 and that's a great price for that game um i think if people are walking around finding worse copies of that game for 10 dollars, i think the only risk here is that more people are playing abomination uh, that sucks for creators. I very much understand the effect that this is going to have on uh content production, not great, but I don't think it's going to have a negative effect on board games. no, I think it I think no it pro- yeah I think it, I think
0: it's going to have a negative effect on publishers like on their bottom line, right, but I don't think it's going to drive anybody out of business because exactly right. I don't think it's that widespread. That's exactly right also I want to end this by saying if you find anyone out there copyright infringing upon or counterfeiting party fell the game of drunk ducks. You find them because they need help. They are the worst That's right. criminal ever. Like they're they are Days away from being killed by a triad, they don't even know how to steal things that have Honestly, mo- monetary them. worth. It's You're like right. it's like they planned a heist to go steal wood nickels or something. Like get, they, they help that criminal, get them a resource. Yeah, like give
1: them job training it, or, or better criminal training for that interest. That's, That's right. It. Or show them any other game. <laughs> Just show them any <laughs> other game ever made and say no, 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 no. this one, this yeah. one, not those. This okay. one sells cops. They're going to be in better shape. Than yeah, them. yeah. Uh, we're going to grab more beer. We'll be right back. Mm, Caleb, what's that?
0: It is from Mars Community Brewing Company, the Jungle Boogie, which is a pale wheat ale with <clears throat> rooibos?
1: Yeah, with yeah. tea.
0: Roy, rooibos, sure. Which I'm told is a,
1: is a red
0: tea. I think that's right. That differs
1: from black teas? Green teas? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Other teas, really. Yeah.
0: If you're colorblind and you like tea, are you just fucked?
1: Typically, they tell you, which is nice. And or you know, right? So like an English breakfast black tea. They look black different. Tea.
2: They taste different. They smell different. They do. All of the above.
1: Yeah. We actually have had some luck with tea beer. In fact, Ross is drinking a tea weiss right now from Crane. These are excellent. They really them. are. Have Crane we heard that's the...
0: The tea pale ale was like the last thing I really kind of oh, left for yeah, mothers. that's right. That they haven't already done for years. Yeah, so that's I still right. like a lot of mothers. but
1: We do need to get some of that mother stuff growlered that we had last weekend because some of those like chocolate orange beers and stuff were fucking good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were some drinkable mm-hmm, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Caleb, Caleb is nodding approvingly and with a real a smile on his face that says that's like, sort of under gusto. I just found a couple hundred dollars in my checking account. I think that's really good. Okay. I'm going to hop You to so get uh,
2: Getting a second wind, wind here.
1: That's, a, that's intensely drinkable. Wow. I just ate intensely. a uh, jalapeno chip
0: too, so this is probably going to be I good. mean, it might be a relief on the palate. <laughs> it's not that spicy. It's effervescent. It's light. It's got tea without the sort of uh, earthy flavor of tea that sometimes there's no... Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. I drink a shit ton of
1: You those. know what it does? And I'm guessing this is the tea effect. Typically, pale ales for me are like a little too heavy on... Uh, the the um, sort of floral and fruity on the back end. Yeah, the, this the tea I think really cuts some of the pale ale. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't have that kind of like bitter amber amberiness that I don't care for. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. uh, yeah, uh, it
0: doesn't taste like a wheat at all. No. It's a little too thin for that, but um, it's very retro nasal. It, it smells good. I
2: like it, it. I'm not as into it as you guys are. You know what? It, uh, it, it but...
1: tastes like the beginning of a sour that never turned sour, which is like kind uh, of the weird thing yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. It started to go there, and it was like, no, we're just going to stop right here, man.
0: Mm-hmm. I. I'm not blown away. Like, I'm not going to like seek it
1: out. But no, that's right. I would drink that frequently again. Yeah. So I'm going to give that a four. I think that's right. Yeah. That would definitely be a beer if it were on tap. I would go to a place and drink that beer. Happily.
0: Oh, yeah. I'd be like, you have pictures of right. Mar- bre- Jungle Boogie?
1: Ruibus? 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 Ruibus?
0: Ruibus? I don't know how to say it uh anyway it's a it's good it's a four
1: what are we talking about um tis sports planer and frederick has asked asked let spencer talk about that thing that happened the other day with the chiefs for someone who lives on another continent what was that all about well frederick i I, I like how you say let spencer talk about that as if i could stop him right (laughs) i think i've done a good job of bottling up my energy About this, and that's partially because I don't know, I I could not adequately describe to you what my energy is like, because I don't know what my energy is like. You're very much like Onion article man, like Uh Chiefs fan
0: now has to realize the only reason he's depressed is he lives in Missouri. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's totally right. Uh, The best way that I could sum up, and we should unpack this a little bit, because this is a podcast (laughs) where we talk about things. Um, Kent Swanson, who writes for and about the Chiefs for a long time, tweeted uh, this weekend, I've been thinking about my thoughts on the Chiefs Super Bowl, and all I can say is this. I did not enjoy watching it. It was three (laughs) hours of stress with a remarkably long break in the middle. The result was worth every year I've lost on my life thanks to that game. And that's kind of how I feel. I mean, you guys were there with me. Um, I, I thought I did a good job of remaining relatively not punching holes through my walls until the third quarter. In which I stood up quietly, went into the kitchen by myself, and cleaned for 25 minutes. <laughs> and, and angry dishes. And angry clanking. Yes. Yeah, everyone <laughs> in my home was kind enough to not try to console me or not try to tell me it's okay or not give me a hashtag spirits up when I didn't need one or I, enter the room. Right.
0: Or say words. Right. That's right. There were a lot of heavy, pregnant glances (laughs) going on that room while you were in there. I'm going to be honest about that. Totally reasonable. Third quarter was a long quarter of football. And for those of you who who
1: do not follow uh, the National Football League, let me give you a brief overview of how the game went. Um, The Chiefs played the 49ers in Super Bowl 54. And the 49ers kicked a field goal to take a lead, and then the Chiefs scored a touchdown to take a bigger lead, and then we kicked a field goal to take an even bigger lead, and the 49ers scored a touchdown to tie the game, and then the 49ers coach made one of the most inexplicably weird decisions at the end of the first half to not take a timeout and stop the game, uh, which put the 49ers in a bad position. It didn't matter, because in the third quarter, the 49ers scored 10 more points, leaving the Chiefs in their fucking rearview mirror on their way to a Super Bowl. And with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, the Chiefs are driving down the field. And Pat Mahomes, Magic Man, is about to do something. Throws an inexplicably bad ball to Tyreek Hill, which bounces off his arms. The 49ers recover. The game is all but lost because the 49ers just have to run the football because we've not been able to stop them from doing that. And we're going to lose the Super Bowl. And I'm going to have to dig a hole under my basement to go live down there for the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, And then... The 49ers abandoned the run, uh, which was weird. And Patrick Mahomes is really and truly incredible. If you don't care about sports, I totally get that. And if you don't support the NFL, I also totally get that. No, he just decided to win it by himself. If you have the opportunity (laughs) to watch Patrick Mahomes play football in the future, I would suggest you take the time to do it.
0: What if Tom Brady wasn't a bitch? That's exactly right.
1: Yeah, what if the guy who's arguably better than anyone to ever play the game also seemed great Um, with seven minutes left, Patrick Mahomes, who's the Chiefs quarterback, was just like, you know what? I'm not fucking doing this. So the Chiefs are down 10 with seven minutes left, and in six minutes of game time scored three touchdowns to just put their fucking With no
0: huddle, Patriots offense, That's but without the cheating. Moving down the field,
1: (laughs) Pat Mahomes threw one of the wildest uh, like 50-yard bombs I've ever seen to a wide receiver. It broke the game open. Uh, And then uh, with about two minutes left, the the Niners give the Chiefs the ball back. The Chiefs are trying to run the clock out. Damian Williams, uh, who's the Chiefs running back, gets around an edge just trying to secure a first down. And there's no 49er in front of him. And he (laughs) runs 35 yards for a touchdown. And at that point, I jumped out of my chair, hugged Brandy, and then realized if I didn't grab a wall, I was going to fall down. And so I kind of like caught my breath, sat back down, undizzied. And then sat there for two minutes and watched them win a Super the Bowl. The
0: 49ers fell apart like a curse had kicked in. It like, was unbelievable. There, like, there is some coven of witches somewhere wearing all Chiefs red that really made it happen in yeah, that fourth Wearing quarter. Mahomes jerseys? Yeah. yeah.
1: No, it was like uh, in Saved by the Bell when uh, when Zach Morris takes a timeout and everybody around him stops. Pat Mahomes was like, timeout. <laughs> the Niners stopped. And the Chiefs were like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. What was the
0: yeah. 49ers uh,
1: quarterback's name? Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I bet
0: Garoppolo took his like helmet off in the fourth quarter. Is like, is that my hair? <laughs> Are my teeth
1: falling out? What like, is happening? Yeah,
0: I, it just it just got bad. Where over did that. these
1: frogs come from? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's also worth noting uh, that the Forty ers head coach. Uh, was the head coach, was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons team three years ago that gave up a 28-point lead to the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. And then they gave up a 10-point lead to the Chiefs in all of seven minutes of the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. So you got to feel bad for that guy. I mean, I don't feel bad for him because I'm a Chiefs fan, <laughs> but someone probably needs to feel bad for that man. What what was it like? Um, uh, I don't know. Um, I'll say this. Like, I have, uh, and I've probably characterized adequately or inadequately on this podcast for nearly four years now, I have a lot of anxiety and stress about the Chiefs, and I wish that that wasn't the case, and I wish that it wasn't such a part of my identity, but here we are. Um, I have spent more time worrying about the Chiefs losing than I have been, than I have fantasizing about the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl, and... uh, And and that was the rational choice. And and I was making mathematically the right decision, people. And, uh, And yet, to watch it happen... And to call my mom, who was, like, crying because, you know, because she grew up going to Chiefs games with her family. I mean, she grew up in Kansas City. Um, oh, yeah. You were crying out in the lawn, calling your mom as the guns were firing I, in the distance. That's right. <laughs> across, I needed a minute, so I just walked outside and I laid down on my front porch. And uh,
0: I was a little worried you should be laying down under something right? For all of the bullets yeah. that peppered down on...
1: And I cry laughed out on my porch for a while, and then I heard what I thought were fireworks for a minute, and then realized were probably just shotguns going (laughs) off around me. I was like, eh, fuck it. I mean, if it's going to happen, at least I got to see this, you know? Um, And... And then, Burke, and then everybody left, and we were all happy, which is weird because the last time you left my house at the last Chiefs game of the year, I had ripped something off the wall. Yeah. I'd sequestered you to the kitchen. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to go right out of the kitchen. And I thought, I'm never going to talk to anybody again. Oh, I did have to stand for the entire last to quarter. To be fair, though, there was something to that. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about neuroses, people. So here's what happens it's the fourth quarter. I'm wearing this, like, really cool shout out to Charlie Hustle. They make Kansas City based sports gear and shirts, and it's all awesome. I'm wearing this really cool Charlie Hustle. Uh, chiefs 1969 sweater which is commemorative of the year they won the super bowl in 1970 and um it's mid fourth quarter like nine minutes left patrick mahomes throws that pick and it's like over so i go into the bathroom and i'd done laundry earlier that day so i have a a hoodie in there hanging up and it's the hoodie i was wearing when we won the afc championship so i was like fuck it so i changed hoodies (laughs) i come out of the bathroom i sit in a different chair and caleb has gotten up to kind of like pace around, I think for some nervous energy. And then the chief- Just the
0: the raw tension of- Right, that's right. You being back in the room. I know. Which made me uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) And then the chief score while Caleb is standing in the back of the room and I'm wearing this hoodie. Eating pretzels. That's right. And I'm wearing this new hoodie sitting in a new chair near the television. Well, at that point, I immediately decide, obviously, the universe has told us not to move. <laughs> so I turned to Caleb. I said, you live there now, and I'm going to stay here. And everyone stayed in their stations, and it was one of the most respectful things I've ever seen. Honestly, it was my version of We Are the World. <laughs> everyone sat in their perfect positions for the next 15 minutes. Uh, like, also, I had to continue eating pretzels. We ate a whole bag of pretzels. Uh,
0: it was seven minutes in the fourth quarter of an NFL game, right. game which you hours. don't know, is two hours. So I ate a shit ton of pretzels. Like yeah. a nu- I was literally sick for the rest of the night. yeah. I
2: ate so many
1: pretzels. It was pretty great. My mouth was so dry,
0: but it was worth
1: it. Yeah. And then they won. Um. And and I
0: am the reason for
1: that. That's right. I have decided. That's right. You're welcome. It was cosmic. <laughs> um, and it is uh, I don't know. It's like the coolest, craziest, weirdest thing. And also, I have no. I have no frame for how I'm to encounter this. I almost don't know what I'm supposed to be. I know that it's just cool and that I'm happy and that I think it has changed my stress levels around professional sports generally, which is so nice to know because I'd convince myself I'd never get to experience anything like this. And, uh, and I almost don't know how to talk about it because it's not a thing you talk about, I guess. Um, uh, or at least, you know, unless you live in Boston for the last 10 years. Um, and then everybody left and Burke and I watched big trouble in little China and I smiled. And you had and, the best night of your life. And it was honestly one of the best nights of my life. Yeah, um, go Chiefs.
0: Well, thanks witches that cursed the 49ers. Well, and Caleb, honestly. Well, yeah. Well, and whoever made the I'm more of pretzels. A, I'm more of a pretzel witch.
1: Yeah, but pretzel witch, Caleb Stokes. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get more beer. We'll be right back. What are you drinking? Okay, so this is from Ethan Fysette. Now, this is important because it's a brown ale. And Ethan Fysette introduced us to Mr. Brown as a gift. He gave it to us. He said it's one of the best beers you've ever had. No one gets out of bed for a brown ale. So he I was thought, absolutely right. He was absolutely right. He was absolutely right. He gave me this beer. It's also um, the
0: only brown ale I can remember having.
1: That's exactly in right. In my life. <laughs> he gave us this beer uh, last weekend, and he said this is the second best brown ale he's probably ever had. He mm. said it is not... Mr. Brown good, but it's what is strong pair. but it's still great. Yeah. So this is from Great Divide. It's their Woodworks Barrel series. It's a brown rye ale. Mm. Uh, which I think is like could be an interesting addition. So here we go. Uh Ethan Fisette putting it on the line
2: for this beer. He smelling it. It's got a nice bottle too. It's got got that little, it. It. little gold wrapper. Got a little gold leaf. Yeah, It's very The classy.
0: Champagne of browns. <laughs>
2: I can remember having, uh, doesn't, isn't the uh, Three Blind Mice from uh, Mother's, isn't that a brown ale too? It is. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's very different. Um, What sets Mr. Brown apart is the hazelnut. It is the perfect Mm, use of hazelnut. Hazelnut, yeah. What rye typically does to a beer for me is it makes it a little bit more pungent and sweet. Yeah. Some of that alcoholic sweetness. That is an appropriately thick brown ale with a rye barrel on the back end. Uh, i like that i do too i like that quite a bit Now i do it not, is not as good as mr brown it is a I football can, field away
0: it's got con- I, I think it's the rye but it
1: almost like gives me a scotch ale vibe exactly yeah. it, ha- it almost has like the viscosity and the syrupiness of a scotch ale mm-hmm. and and it is it's not overly sweet but it's heading that direction on the back for me no i'd still drink that yeah i think it's a four yeah um that's a really good beer uh it was in the same sentence as something that I hold. It's near a very sweet for a brown very ale. Very sweet, and it's yeah. almost too sweet. It's right on the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm
0: ready to give Ethan his title. He is the official Mix-6 brown ale
2: whisperer. Ooh, <laughs> yes. I don't know. He, I don't know that was the thing you could do to be that
0: should be a like a like a backer level. Like you get your own uh, beer concierge <laughs> you, title. Yeah, you are the whisperer. Right. Ooh. Interesting. You could also be correspondent for brown ales. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know whatever you want, Ethan. Let get us. Hit us back with your when your contract arrives. You, by you get your designated mail. Mm-hmm. You decide what your title subject is, subject
1: yeah. to approval from the the podcasters. Y-
0: oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to run it through corporate. Not putting everything out there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. Hey, it's a mix six mock draft, which was your number two vote getter, not your number one vote getter. That's coming later, and we make a pair. Spoiler.
0: Uh, by, by number two vote getter, it got less votes than the number one vote getter. I could see how that could be
1: confusing. Actually, and I I hate to really throw a wrinkle in here because of the caucus system, this actually (laughs) got more votes. The initial preference of our listeners and the reallocated preference of our listeners (laughs) was for Mix-6 Mock (laughs) Drive. But the way we broke things down by county and by voting province, (laughs) the SDEPs actually break out so that this was number two and uh, number one goes to We Make a Pair, which we'll get to here in a minute. Mm -hmm. So uh, unfortunate, but true uh this was your topic i'm guessing yeah okay get in there uh staff a liquor store with fictional characters love it
0: you gotta run a business
1: absolutely love it
0: sad thing is you can't employ people who are real okay you that's a that's an hr challenge it is
2: do you get to choose what kind of liquor store is it it it, it is is this like a corner regular kind of liquor store is this like a fancy international beer and wine center
0: see i didn't really i didn't really Say that. Okay. I did break it down into positions you're gonna need for anything though. So uh, yeah, I, yeah. I would accept that as an extra topical consideration.
1: Okay. Of course like,
0: you would. Oh, uh, no, don't don't get in. Sorry. <laughs> I just want to be clear. You win a Super Bowl
1: and you you're still salty. Cry just, on a porch. Okay. Maybe maybe dodge a shotgun. Uh
0: so I broke it Victor into changed. I broke it into mm. four positions. All right. Mm-hmm. You need a manager, of course. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh you need someone working counter, just checking people out. Totally. You need someone on truck. That's liquid's heavy. Mm-hmm. You got to you gotta move that in the store. Mm-hmm. And you need a floater. You mm-hmm. need somebody who's going to be a jack of all trades. They can right. get in there, help customers when they're looking for things, a recommender of sorts. Be it's there when can, you need them, but not annoying. They can clean stuff up in the aisles. They can say, hey, I want a brown ale. Yeah. Like, right. where do I go?
1: Where's the Mr. Brown, asshole? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so those are our four positions. I so like manager, it. counter,
1: truck, and floater. Okay. We're going to roll for it.
2: Uh yeah, get in there. I'm always
1: afraid to roll this
2: die. Can I roll this? Oh, it's a super heavy ended? one. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Are that sure? that was uh Jason and Renee gave that to me. It, it was made in prison, apparently. Okay. Probably <laughs> probably buried the lead there,
1: Ross. So yeah, yeah, thank that. you. I rolled a three with this convict die, Caleb. I just want to be clear. Most dice are illegal in prison yeah. for the sake of gambling.
0: And so instead of like letting them have like a little plastic D twenty to play their fucking D and D, they're instead of made of fucking brass.
2: Right. Yeah. You um, could hurt someone by throwing that. I got a four because okay. it
0: dropped straight down and clunked against the table. Yeah,
2: it doesn't roll. It's a, it's it's it's, a, it's an actual <laughs> Well, I want to provide some sound effects for the listeners, too. <laughs> no, I appreciate
0: that. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: I've watched a lot of Orange is the New Black, so I know how things are made in prison. <laughs> <laughs> that came out of a toilet.
0: <laughs> and was also gotten to us up someone's butt. Exactly right. All right. So, so the butt die gave me a four, which is the best I've rolled on any die. So there must be something to that. I get to go first. Great. Pick a position. Uh, Probably going to go manager. Okay. Going with Wade Garrett from Roadhouse. That would be Sam mm -hmm. Elliott's character. Yeah. You want a manager, you want him to have seen it all. I can't imagine a drinking scenario that Wade Garrett from Roadhouse has not seen. I mean, the man rolls into a town run by a despot, trophy-hunting billionaire with a monster truck, and he's just like, oh, yeah. Scenario number six. <laughs> Seen this one before. Granted, he does get stabbed through the chest with a bowie knife, but... Yeah. Until that point... It's probably got a, good benefits. A staunch professional. Also, you're working with Sam Elliott, which if you want like an avuncular, like father figure boss that totally. you can get along with, I'd fight and die for Sam Elliott.
1: No, I, there's, there's something to this pick. The, the folksiness of it um you'd you'd feel if you he's the kind of manager you get to know like he's always in the store so when you walk in you know you're hey man how's it going you would feel bad stealing from him and so in that way it's kind of oh. a community staple i think it keeps crime but down. also
0: like you're talking to the local distro center you're gonna try and fucking pull a fast one at sam yeah fucking elliot good luck assholes. really yeah. really
1: you don't have the balls for that right yeah. you're not smart enough either <laughs> right you can't ass. fool them yeah um, so for my manager, I wanted to go with someone who had an incredible amount of business sense, but would, who, who would also lend me an opportunity to name this fictional grocery store, which would be an extra topical consideration. And in Caleb's world, you would factor it, factor it into your vote at the end of this mock draft. In my world, I'll allow you to leave it out of your decision calculus. Uh, I'm going to go with Gordon Gecko, and, <laughs> and the name of the store will be Always Be Not Closed. It's a 24-hour liquor store. I hate this so much. You did this.
0: You did this. This was the 70s and 80s of beer. You did where this. Where they had cans of beer that were just white, and they said beer.
1: <laughs> how do you think we got to Great Divide Woodworks Barrel Series? As a reaction against how terrible that was. Pioneering young men <laughs> like Gordon Gecko who taught younger generations... How to really drive up the market? Here, here's why you need to do prep
0: work on the show notes. You just say the first thing that comes into your head. Literally not, and it and it, it says stuff not. about where's your head's at, and it's going to make people worry.
1: First of all, uh, best store name in the history of store names. <laughs> A. B. Gordon Gecko, reasonable businessman, probably. If you've seen all right,
0: you're right. You've you've prepped all this out. So what's your next one?
1: Floater, Dracula, <laughs> boom, just shows up. Looking for a beer, can't find anybody. Boom, Dracula right there. At night. That's right. And then drinks your blood. Yeah.
2: And he's also going to hit on all the female customers. Whatever, he's man. He's going
1: to be super creepy. As I understand it, he's probably going to hit on the male customers too. There's oh, some, yeah. That's so true, yeah. that's I mean, an HR nightmare. Well, it's a liquor store called Always Be Not Closed, and Gordon Gecko runs it. I don't think there's HR involved, is what I'm saying. I, I don't think I've set up a totally friendly environment in my liquor store, but I live around the corner from a Brown Derby that is frankly a little bit questionable. So I am used to this kind of behavior okay they've
0: been nothing but kind to us
1: uh yeah actually the manager there is fucking awesome yeah Uh, and he pours some cheap ass growlers from yeah you shut
0: your damn mouth
1: but still (laughs) i feel convicted here what's next on your list
0: i gotta go floater too
1: yep i'm gonna go with julian from wagons
0: east played by john c mcginley oh yeah he is the uh He's coded as gay in the film mm-hmm. uh, Gunfighter in Wagons East, but he is in the middle of nowhere when Wagons East begin because the West is terrible and they all want to leave. That's the plot of Wagons East. You should right. really see it if you haven't. John Candy's last work. I was going to say finest. It's just categorically not true. Right. Um, he runs a boutique in the furthest reaches of the West uh, that is completely unappreciated. So. He's gonna have that Cicerone knowledge. He's gonna have the ability to Uh, recommend anything. He's burly. He's John C. McGinley. He can help on truck if he needs to. He can get up there in the counter. He's gonna be friendly to guests. Also, shit gets bad. He's a gunfighter. Like you're you're all set. He's a gunfighter managed by Wade Garrett from Roadhouse. Ain't nothing going down that liquor store they don't want to happen. So he's gonna be polite, he's gonna be charming, he's gonna be well dressed. He's going to have impeccable taste and he's going to be played by John C. McGinley. Didn't I mention that?
1: Okay. I, I'm not disparaging your pick here. I do, I have an issue with your attack on the HR viability of my liquor store now that you have staffed an actual gunfighter and a man known for training Patrick Swayze as a martial art ass beating club bouncer.
0: A reluctant gunfighter. Right who at
1: least knows what consent means, which I is
0: better than Dracula. feel strongly. And Gordon Gecko, for that matter.
1: That walking around a liquor store, probably with an open carry, creates a more hostile environment than Dracula, maybe or maybe not, depending on so time of day. So I guess you've
0: never purchased beer in the state of Missouri in just, which we live. Just
1: popping out and being like, hey, did you want some wine, though? So I'm, f- I'm
0: willing to bet I'm 15 feet from a gun right now. I don't know where it's at, but I know it's within 15 feet. <laughs> Guns are like spiders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Guns
1: right. are like spiders. You're never that far. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: okay, snake draft. You get to go next. So you got John C. McGinley out there working the aisles mm-hmm. for the, the random sure. fill-in. But who do you have at the counter? Who is somebody everyone's going to look forward to to go checking out? Go with Kimmy Schmidt from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Love that. Uh, never drank before. Right but adorably naive about it. Yep. Uh, Very happy to see you. Yep. Uh, Constantly professional and effusive. Can at least count money. Uh, And she's going to be enjoyable to the weird winos who come into every
1: liquor store. Right, right. Uh, I, I like this pick because while I could not watch that show after a period of time, cause it was like a little too annoying for me. Yeah. It was never because Kimmy Schmidt, like I think she's just absolutely wonderful and you do want someone that you enjoy checking out with.
0: But also though naive and, uh, you know, very effusive, she's not going to get into trouble because she did get kidnapped and put in that fallout shelter for those decades. That's exactly so right. She, she, she's a little world weary. Right. She's a little
1: too law abiding,
0: but she didn't let her get it down. No, she no, she's, she's still, unbreakable. Yeah, she's unbreakable. It's the whole fucking bit. Yeah, you're up.
1: Uh, also on counter, uh, I've been reading a lot of Neil Gaiman lately, and I really want to I want to shout out uh, you, sir, and and Sarah Han in particular, who after hearing me rave about American Gods and how much I enjoyed that book, immediately went out and got me at the ocean at the end of the lane because she also loves Neil Gaiman and wanted me to read it. And it just sent me down a path, so I'm reading Anansi Boys now, and I have uh, Neverwhere, uh, also yeah. kind of like next up in the queue. If you've not read Anansi Boys, definitely recommend it. One of my favorite characters in all of the Gaiman verse that I've read, which is admittedly small right now, is Spider. Uh, who is Charlie Nancy's brother or Nancy's son. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spider is kind of like described as being able to like push reality around a little bit. And so his kind of like faded powers that he can just suggest to you that he is in fact not himself or he is someone else or that he should be able to manipulate things. And really what you want at the counter is someone jovial. Yes, someone that people look forward to interacting with. And Spider is beloved. But also... He's going to upsell the shit out of your product, and people are going to buy more when he's like, didn't you want another bottle of Abraxas, Ross? And now Ross is spending $50 instead of $25. That's not
0: an upsell little liquor store. An upsell liquor store is going to be those little like jar things, or
1: like the... Plastic fireballs. You're going to put more of those in the world? Well, I'm not going to put more of those in the world because he's going to sell high value products. See, the, the value of the, the tiny fireball bottle is the volume play. Mm-hmm. You're not. It doesn't matter if you sell $1.99 bottle of fireball that will fit in someone's pocket to go to a college football game. It matters that you sell a brick of 20 <laughs> of them. And yes, I've purchased many of those bricks. (laughs) Fuck you too, okay? But here, when someone can just suggest to you that you buy more, now suddenly it's like, hey, but did you see this Cristal or all this Blantons we got? And now I'm just walking out of there $500 poorer. And liquor stores made more money. Does, does anyone in your liquor store not
0: have mind control powers aside from Gordon Gecko? The truck uh, driver. That's oh, the
1: only. Well, that's your next one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's Jack Burton. Uh, <laughs> yes, he will drive the Pork Trop Express. Yes, that creature is probably on the back, so be careful when you get in there for the beer. But when Jack Burton walks in, you're about to have a fucking party. People will show up around delivery time because Jack Burton's going to be there. And he
0: will not be there because he will be late.
1: Uh, The entire premise of Big Trouble in Little China is that he, in fact, stays there, sir. If he didn't stay in Little China, there wouldn't be Big Trouble. That's the whole
2: fucking bit, man. It's the movie. Um, I I foresee a lot of HR problems with this, mainly that he is going to try and kill Dracula like in the first week of his job. Yeah, Yeah,
0: he's got... He's got an anti Dracula prejudice.
2: Maybe it solves its own problem
1: and I have I have kind of like fixed my own perpetual motion machine here. All right. You're welcome. Your last <laughs> truck driver. All right. Somebody on truck. They need
0: to be able to unload it. They need to be uh able to be not intrusive on the guests. Uh so I'm gonna go with Obi Wan Kenobi, the Alec Guinness years. So You've seen all the children die at the hands of your uh little Jedi servant. Uh you're completely jaded. You need something to let you go back and be sad about your life in the desert. You need a job just to pass on by. And also, you have fucking force powers. You know what unloads trucks real fast? Tell a goddamn Kinesis.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
0: so Al Guinness is just going to hang out back in the lot, just sort of hanging out. Force pulling shit out of the truck. And uh, he gets a living wage. Probably don't have to pay him benefits because, you know, he wants to die. He's a sad old alcoholic Jedi. Give himself up to the force. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, he gets to turn into a fucking ghost. That sounds like great health care. Like, be a ghost. What do you got to worry about then?
2: Well, the problem with that is that, you know, someone's got to knock over a case of beer. He's like, no, someone's killed the younglings. Right. No, no, oh, no. D- damn. <laughs> Ross. <laughs> a, that was very good.
0: B, no one mourns the loss of younglings see uh i said jaded alec obi-wan after he's become nihilistic
1: and doesn't really care we need to take a moment can we get like some taps or something uh we just need to really commit that's the best joke you've ever made it's not close it's that it's a mile and it's second congratulations to you sir Back to you, Dick Wad. So first, <laughs> I'm,
0: I actually, I'm willing to say I would give up my victory if you do the same to give it to Ross's pun.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Good with that. <laughs> All right. I need to point out your, your hypocrisy. First, you roast me for this HR problem, then employ a gunslinger. Then, you make a negative comment about my mind control workforce, at which point you immediately draft Obi-Wan Kenobi. But he's not working with customers. Uh, okay. He sits at the loading dock yeah. and
2: moves boxes with his brain. I'm just saying, get your criticism I mean, he's right, going to so. definitely use that on the, the health inspector. This is not the liquor, liquor store you're Right,
1: exactly. For. And what kind of safe environment is the that? Order. Ross wins, also has... Hashtag Team Spencer. <laughs> Caleb, what are you drinking?
0: Well, it turns out I'm not actually drinking a beer.
1: I'm drinking a Mars Volta album. Isn't color. it just fucking? <laughs> it's like a, It's like someone. Someone thought they were making good art oh, we're going to wow. take this really edgy picture. And then it was like, well, th- these guys were looking for stock photos. And they happened, they Googled really good, bad art. And now, no, and it, it really
0: is just like Bedlam and Goliath, the can. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, this is Public Asics Brewing Silent Rejoice, which is a double dry hopped India pale ale. Mm. Let me tell you something. Never psyched to drink an India pale ale. Couldn't be less psyched to drink an India Pale Ale by someone who's really into the Mars Volta. That's right. Here's the thing. I can't imagine what I'm about to get into.
1: Everything about this is just grad school. The quality of the image, the type of beer. Whoever brewed this has uh, tattoo
0: sleeves, a fucking uh, wax mustache, and a trust fund from a used car fortune. Mm, Um, I like that. I'm willing to bet money on all of those. They're rebelling. Yeah.
1: Anyways, he's getting in there. Mm. It, it, look, it is not, it's not going to be good. It's actually quite good. Fuck! I got I to quit hedging my bets on this I, I, <laughs> I wish I could have, like, Marsvelta
0: just, like, crazy wailed while Jungle Sounds went behind me as I said that, but uh, I can't. Uh, the can is very funny, but it is a very subtle double
1: dry-hopping. Really? Yeah. So here's something I want to test with the, with the, the room. Dry-hopping good on this show. I really like dry hopping, especially
0: for something that's excessively bitter. Yeah. But this is 7%. Taste this shit. Tell me if it tastes like hmm, 7% really? for an IPA.
1: I have found that for the most part, uh, dry hopped things come in lighter, less juicy, and more drinkable. Honestly,
0: it gives me postcard vibes. Whoa. Not, not as good. Because you love the
1: postcard. Not, God, we got to get
0: some of that when we go up to And Oregon. we didn't last year. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't
2: find any. <laughs> yeah. He I, is drinking it? Yeah, it wasn't bad which is surprising because, again, I do not like hops. But yeah, it was very subtle. I think that's the key word here.
1: Oh, I actually like that. That's a four, um, right? You're, you're getting a lot of citrus. Uh, mm-hmm. You're a lot, getting a lot of citrus, a lot of floral, a lot, lot of hop there on the front, and then citrus, some floral. Yeah, that's good. That's a four. Yeah. And it is a little juicy, but not not yeah. sweet.
0: It's not sweet hop. It's not postcard good, right? But it is very good.
1: Well, postcard to be clear is also like, like early
0: Marls Volta before they went insane.
1: Is a dry hopped like sour IPA, yeah. right? Like that's the bit about. And, and honestly, you're right. That is yeah. If that had sour on it, yeah, hard five, yeah. yeah. yeah Totally. Um, okay. We are into Ask Mixed 6, and Chris Reed asks, when did you stare into the abyss and it looked back at you? Yeah. Which is really a drunk enough, but here we are. <laughs> uh, we're we're, we're going to let this one ride. Um, I, I
0: have drunk enough answers for this, but I'm not going to share my drunk enough answers same. here. I'm yeah. going to save my funny yeah. boy, dodged a the bullet there yeah. answers. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I uh, I started this one and really went there, and then I was like, don't. Don't say that <laughs> on on a microphone where people will have it. Yeah. Um, so yes,
2: I will I will also in the in the interest of I will I have something kind of like we could start. Let's do it. Uh, I played World of Warcraft and I oh, put yeah. enough time into it then I got to the point where I could start qualifying for raids Uh and that's when i started reading up on what you'd have to do to qualify for raids it's like oh grind with this faction and do this and i realized it would be like another 200 hours before i could even start raiding. yep and that was me staring into the abyss It's like i don't want to do that this much i don't i don't want to play four hours to make one one number go up five points that's right and have to get to 200 you know like i don't have to do this for a fucking year that's right just to qualify for a raid so i was like no yeah that was me staring at the abyss and just like Just walking right out. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Caleb? Yeah. Uh,
0: Considering a career in residence life when I was in uh, college. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was desperate for work. I really liked college. I still really like college uh, as a concept. Um, I kind of wanted to figure out how to stay there. I didn't figure teaching was going to be it because – I at least knew what academia was, and uh, I was not going to be able to hang in that. I at least had that much self-awareness, but not enough self-awareness to instantly realize what a terrible fucking idea that was. Mm-hmm. So I, for a moment, considered becoming a residence hall director and spending the rest of my fucking life in dorms, until I really started to interrogate- spent a year in a dorm. <laughs> really started to interrogate the lives of my residence hall directors as adults dealing with- Little shitheads like me and little shitheads who were way worse than me yeah, as uh, college students and the way that stunted their lives and personalities uh, so far beyond what you could ever possibly recover from yep. that, uh, dear God, uh, yeah, like, mm-hmm. as I get older, like, 35, when I think back to, like, playing Halo in a dorm room with my 35-year-old resin director... Jesus, I don't know how he wasn't hanging from the fucking ceiling fan when we came in there. That is not what I wanted to do. Uh, and thank God I dodged that bullet and saw that coming. Because that is an abyss you do not want staring back at you once it's too late. Jump inside out of that of it. way, man. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, the best analog I have for this. Uh, so every year... On Christmas Eve, my family watches A Christmas Story, which I do believe is, like, one of our greatest Christmas movies of all time. And the only reason the TBS network still exists. That's exactly right. And I do, I will put it on, on Christmas Day. That and The Shawshank Redemption. And just let that movie run 24 hours a day. Brandy doesn't care for it. It is one of the divisive parts of our of our relationship. Um, she doesn't get it. She doesn't like it. I will watch it endlessly. <laughs> There's the th- there are so many good scenes in that film. One of the best, of course, is when his um, orphan Annie decoder ring shows up, and he runs to the bathroom yeah, and Oval locks team. his brother yeah. out, and he does the great work of decoding the mystery message, and of course tells him, "Be sure to drink your Ovaltine," mm-hmm. and you realize in that moment you've been had by a cruel universe. Yeah, uh, I can remember getting to Missouri State as a visiting assistant professor. I have now sunk five-plus years of my life into getting into an academic faculty meeting where I I now will make decisions. And you came back here. About (laughs) curriculum, (laughs) uh, about concepts and ideas, the things which will shape the minds of our youths. And uh, then I realized that it was just an hour-long meeting where people gave updates about the public speeches that were being given in their classes, the demonstrations done about how to bake bread or how to do one's hair. And then a conversation uh, about upcoming faculty meetings that we would have over the course of the rest of the year. And then I realized it was a meeting where people got to talk about errata, but errata (laughs) was actually just stuff that was happening in public speaking classes. And then it was 30 minutes to schedule more meetings and everyone got up to leave the room and acted like it was a good meeting. And all I could think was, fucking be sure to drink your Ovaltine, man. (laughs) I've worked five years. I've written thousands of pages of text. I was going to make decisions about academic curriculum and training and concepts and what was important and not important. And instead, what I did was I doodled on a piece of paper. I listened to people talk about persuasive speeches. And then I left the room. And uh, yeah, a year and a half later, I left academia.
0: So, you know. I, I don't think that's what people understand when you say that high school prepares you for real
2: life. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I
0: mean even the shitty parts that are useless. Right. Especially the shitty parts that are useless. That's right.
2: That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, it doesn't prepare you enough about the disappointment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. When when you when it it shows
1: you what it's going to be. What it cannot do is show you what it will feel like. <laughs> when the ideal version which lives in your mind runs into the gap that exists between you and reality and how you deal with that and the reality is i just i got drunk later that day yeah <laughs> kind of told brandy like well i guess it was just a meeting um so then we probably played destiny 100 percent, we played destiny at that point i got a destiny machine when i moved back here and when i started that job and that's how i got into it all of this is your fucking fault and you roast me for it to this day so don't even Stokes. Hey, I will
0: say destiny greater than academic career at Missouri State. Hundred percent. Well, I certainly decided so.
1: Um, having said that, like I, I better will, graphics. Yeah. Well, uh, I will go back. Uh, worse story, oddly, uh, I will go back at some point, probably, uh, and teach in a different college or teach something differently. But that was a real, that was a real rough moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, we've got two beers left. We're gonna grab them. We'll be right back. spencer what are you drinking so from four hands brewing company out of saint louis missouri also feels like a, a brewer we, we've not seen in a while right it has, it has i do like been their bit. stuff They've I did, do too. they
2: put out a lot of good bombers lately
1: here's my so hot take about four hands i like that absence of light quite a bit oh yeah that peanut butter mm-hmm, chocolate mm-hmm, stout mm-hmm. or whatever yeah, yeah milk stout um I have been see actually Dylan Whitaker, friend of the podcast, um, uh, and the man who will get you drunker than anybody in the history yeah, of the world.
0: Friend of the podcast, enemy of the liver. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's uh, his. That's his podcast. Absolutely, title. enemy of the liver.
1: Enemy of the liver. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a weird fucking crest he has. But anyway, um, he uh, he was kind of like pointing me in the direction of some stuff. That fucking uh, absence of light is like people are going nuts over it. Yeah, and it's good. It's not that good. It's, a four, it's four good. I don't remember anything from four hands. Yeah, that's right. I don't it's, remember anything four from hands four good. hands. That Honestly, was like.
2: I like their uh, boysenberry one uh, better. I can't remember the name of it. I don't uh, know that. It's got I, like a white label did on we, it. It's did, a bomber. Did, uh, did we do that? I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't Anyways, remember. I would I remember that. <laughs> this is, yeah, that's right. Uh, this is, yeah, you don't have
1: deja brew. Uh, this is statewide, an American pale ale with raspberry. And raspberries. has been like a mess for us. Some
2: kind of yeah, like rodent, very or like so, banter. like kind
1: of like vicious, like I think, Russian bear maybe, I think and then bears. Night, okay, yeah. uh with some shit coming out of the heads. Sort of a family crest. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's exactly right. I That may even be like a Missouri symbol. That is a Missouri symbol. Yeah, totally. I obviously know that because I've lived here most of my life. Yeah, I'm it's not like you familiar. failed that
0: civics exam that you were supposed to take to graduate. It's exactly right by being able to recognize the flag. Hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. It's,
1: it's not like that at all. <laughs>
0: he is snuffing it. Yep. Drinking it?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yes. Oh, yes? So so the back isn't great. That's a pivot. Yeah, the back isn't great, but wow. Raspberry is a very good complement to a pale ale is something I just learned. And I did not think that would be the case, but that is a very pleasant right- how fucking good is that? That is drinkable. AF. That is drinkable
0: AF. That is Oh man, hands.
1: Yes. Mm. Uh typically I think that raspberry is either washed out or too much and this is almost the perfect pairing of raspberry and something a little bit more pale ale, so a little bit more What hoppy. if a pale ale yeah. wasn't
0: better? Right. That's exactly yeah, it right. It's kind of sweet. Um, I dig it too.
1: I I don't want to be I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment here and say this is a 5.
0: I feel like it's a five.
1: Like I don't because I don't love the back. I already typed five, and I'm gonna have to backspace. No, no. If if you say four, it's a five. That's a that's a really fucking good beer. (laughs) That's a really good beer. Yeah, I. That's the best beer I've had. I'm gonna finish that if you don't. Yeah, fuck yeah, that's a good beer. Um. There are very few episodes we record anymore where I drink something and I just go. F- yes, this that's has
0: what- been a generally very good episode. Gen-
1: yeah. High scorer. Lois is a three, right? Yeah, yeah. We've been we've been in the black here. Yeah. This God, is good. the thing I drink next is just going to be. I don't know. It's it's from Ethan. Oh
0: yeah, and Ethan, he's two for Ethan, two. Ethan could do me wrong.
1: Well, he's two for three because he also gave us, I think, one of the other uh, CMYK variants, and we didn't. No, like- I bought that. Are you sure? Yeah, I bought the Mr. Uh, White. Yeah, it wasn't him. He gave us, no, he gave us like Mr. Purple or Black, the black current. uh, It wasn't bad, though. No, it was fine. But I mean, it wasn't Mr. Brown. And and honestly, it wasn't this great divide. He's two for three, two and a half for three. Bill gave me a leaky roof metery ale, whatever. And I haven't killed him
0: yet. So that's true. Yeah. I mean, we're forgiving. We we do have a low bar. Things that are like a one. Yeah.
1: Bill tried to poison me once. Like, yeah. Didn't try. Bill succeeded (laughs) in poisoning you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What are we talking about?
0: We're going to talk about uh, in your number one vote getter.
1: Well, as you know, it's technically your number yeah, one SDEP getter. The algorithm. Right. It, it was not the initial preference, nor was it the reallocated preference, but having looked at the distribution of counties, et cetera, it will win the delegate count.
0: Google Forms failed, and I had to drive around to every county to get your votes. Yeah. Um. Anyway... Your number one vote getter, according to CNN, uh, is uh, We Make a Pair, and you have chosen this
1: topic. I have. Uh, so <clears throat> every Friday morning, Jared and I do uh, breakfast, and it's like our one hour a week dedicated just to like set aside and talk about high-level business things that the, the work day-to-day kind of like obstructed or obscured. And so we try to move around Springfield's breakfast locations. Brecky. Brecky Breck. Uh, because there's a lot of places to get breakfast in Springfield. There's a lot of
0: places to get everything in
1: Springfield. That's true. We do not like to cook in this town, like Unless you run a restaurant. We like food. <laughs> um, and so, you know, usual haunts include Waffle House, Obvi. First Watch, which he is a decent- He fucks with the Waffle House? Jared?
0: Yeah, good for him. Yeah, I
1: know. Yeah, yeah, Uh, it was my suggestion the first time, but we got there and now- Okay, now at least kind of you've, you've yeah, yeah. slummed him up. converted. Good. Good. All right. First Watch, which is not bad. Uh, occasionally we'll do a big biscuit, which honestly has pretty good breakfast potatoes. Uh, we'll sometimes do some of the, like the older, more locally things like Anton's or the gastropub. Pub. Or, so we did gastropub on Friday yeah, first yeah, time yeah. cause they just started serving breakfast and it was fine. Uh, I don't love the gastropub generally, although their tap line is stupid. Good sometimes. Yeah. 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 But it got me thinking, Jared and I were talking Friday just about breakfast places. So when I saw we make a pair come up, I thought, you know, what would be good to pair with beer? Traditional breakfast style plates. So I've listed three. I like how far this leans into our bit, which is
0: high functioning alcoholism. And you're not more high functioning than if you are drinking starting, beer at breakfast. <laughs> starting breakfast off with a beer. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got up early enough for breakfast.
1: You're still drinking. So what high I've done. Functioning. Is Make I've it t- a
2: coffee beer. fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. There's a thing called a breakfast stout. I assume that's what it's for. Um, so uh, what I've done is I've chosen three traditional breakfast settings. So a classic breakfast setting, which would be your eggs, bacon, hash browns, toast. A sweet breakfast setting, so the pancake breakfast. And then kind of like your, your big boy cracker barrel breakfast, we might say, the biscuits and gravy. The fuck it. The fuck it i'm just Mm -hmm. going for this Mm -hmm. the day's over i don't care about me or anyone around me we're gonna fucking do this i
0: have this breakfast meeting and then the rest of my day is on the toilet
1: that's exactly right Mm -hmm. i'm gonna start drinking i'm I'm gonna drink a beer and eat biscuits and gravy right now because i just turned 21 and there is no such thing as consequences it's (laughs) the only math you're doing there um so we're going to pair beers with each of those breakfast settings. I will let you start, sir. We'll start at the top. Traditional, classic breakfast setting. Eggs, hash browns, bacon, toast. <sighs> so you want you want a classic brekkie to go with Classic that. brekkie to go. Oh, that's tough.
0: What is going to go well with this?
1: Also worth noting that this is pretty much how Caleb and Sarah and I treat breakfast at uh, Origins and Gen Con. Uh, we just find good places to eat and then start drinking. So mm. fuck yeah, cons.
0: Yep. Yep, yep. It's very true.
1: What do I want for a traditional
0: brekkie like that? (laughs) See, I made fun of it, but I almost want to say youngling. Really? (laughs) Really? Like something deeply Rust Belt, huh? Well, I'm eating it with toast. Like, what goes well with carbs and butter? Okay. Just... Something light. Yeah, just the soma of the masses. Just right. just the the light, the, the butterbeer. But like that feels too easy to go youngling on that. It's a little working man's breakfast. I don't like it. I don't like it as a pick. Right. I don't want to go breakfast out. That's too easy. <sighs> <sighs> <clears throat> Old Rasputin's too bitter. I don't need a Russian Imperial. No, you don't
1: need yeah, yeah, yeah. no 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 no. I
0: wanna go with um
1: <sighs>
0: What is it? I'm going with a Boddington's. A pub ale. I want a pub ale. Uh, a, a little, f- an old English, so to speak. Kind of a flat,
1: creamy beer. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. a Boddington's on that. That's okay. that's where I landed on that No, one. I like that. Uh, and honestly, that's kind of in line. Uh, the the breakfast I've described barring the lack of like black pudding uh, and some beans is not too far off from a British fry up or a British classic.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have weird blood sausage. That's right. That's the only thing it's missing. And And Boddington's God God willing, it stays missing. That's
1: right. Um, farmer's gastropub does have a classic fry up and they do make their own black pudding as I understand it. So whatever. Fuck that. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Fuck that. (laughs) So I don't want, if I'm going traditional breakfast, Chances are, I want something coffee ish, you know what I mean? Because, like, I'm trying to wake up a little bit. I don't want anything too heavy because the food also isn't going to weigh me down. Uh, and so, what I've decided here, and we, we kind of joked earlier about not knowing another brown ale, but actually, the first brown ale I ever had uh, was the Ellie's brown ale from Avery Brewing Company. Ain't bad. It is the quintessential, this beer tastes like a brown ale. That's not really a good statement. It's not really a positive valence. It's just accurate. This beer tastes like the first brown ale. It is the Boulevard Wheat of brown ales. But you can drink an immense amount of them. They are not offensive at every turn. And frankly, if you can't find a better brown ale, we've now found a few better brown ales, it's uh, it's good. It's good is what I would say about it. And I think that's what I want in that kind of setting. So, okay, we're on to pan. Ross, you want to jump in here? You got one?
2: Um, I was going to do coffee beer too. Honestly, I would, there's just like a mother's uh, winter grind. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 Winter grinds just... are really good call mm-hmm. here. Yeah.
1: Bah, that's probably a good pick.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's seasonal too though. Cause you know, so winter grind is one of the weird
1: beer like winter grind is definitely if you stack up years of winter grinds against mm-hmm. each other, that beer has changed a lot. I would oh say. yeah. That's fair. So like 15 winter grind is mm-hmm. to me, one of the, 7 to 10 best beers I've ever had. Deep coffee, good creaminess, kind of a thicker beer. I think you kept that brewery open on that year. 100% I did. They <laughs> were serving it in glass mugs to like simulate coffee, uh which I thought was just fucking brilliant. And it was brewed at, with local coffee too, which I thought, well, not local coffee, but a local roaster, which I thought yeah. was really cool. Um 2019 uh Winter Grind? Mm, no. A little watery, a little more light. They got to control that water. That they do. That beer has just changed so much. But I think Wintergrind is a really smart pull here. Okay. Pancake breakfast. Caleb.
0: I had to look up the name of the brewery because I remembered this, but I could not. I remember the name of the beer, but I couldn't remember the name of the brewery. I'm going to go with the uh, Sagatuck Brewing Company's Blueberry Maple Stout. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have now accompanied the pancake with perhaps the beer best Designed from the flow up to be a pancake accoutrement. That's smart. Yeah, that's my pick. I remember the name of the beer with the deja brew.
1: Couldn't remember it with Sagatuck,
0: but that's what I'm going for because it is it is designed to drink with some blueberry pancakes.
1: Now let me ask you this: is that is that too much rich sweet on rich sweet? That's that's what I was thinking. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. What about this, though? Okay. You're drinking a beer at breakfast. Right. We're we're, we're not at the point. <laughs> right. At no point we, did we consider, like, what would be reasonable sure, here. Sure, sure, sure. I'm sure, just sure. talking
2: about the palate.
1: Right. I'm but, just, Yeah, I'm wondering if you would get much distinction.
0: Well, well, here's what I would suggest. Don't get the blueberry pancake with it get strawberry pancakes uh, or say fuck it. Hardcore get chocolate pancakes. I do like that. Point. And now you got that blueberry accent to it. You I didn't like go, that. you didn't, you didn't just like take the line cooks day to, to hell and back. You want blueberry and chocolate chips. Fuck you. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. he, You didn't have to do that. You're just, you're just, thr- you're splashing it on top. Right. You're garnishing
1: right, the right, palate. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. I like it. And I like that the, the mix up there is the blueberry versus yeah. the strawberry yeah. or the chocolate chip. Uh, yeah, you shouldn't go blueberry pancake. That'd be too much. Yeah.
0: But but uh very flavor. Some more. Maybe some nut, maybe a pecan.
1: So I've I got a know. I've got a different route here. I I think Ross and I were kind of tracking here. I want a beer that is going to be delicious still, but it's going to be a real contrast mm-hmm. to the syrupiness, the butteriness of a pancake. And so what what better to contrast syrupy and buttery but not be off-putting. Like a sour would be off-putting here. Uh, it would it would be like orange juice and, and toothpaste. Um, what would be nice here would be something that was equally smooth, mm-hmm. uh, but just but just was a very different profile. So I'm thinking smoky. I'm thinking a porter. I'm thinking of Deschutes Black Butte Porter.
0: Ooh, that's a good pick.
2: Oh, I like that. Yeah, you yeah. got something that—that
0: that is pancakes with like dudes that drink coffee at Hardee's. That's exactly right. Like, <laughs> that's exactly right. They can smoke inside. It's unfiltered. Right. Like it's yeah. a
1: Waffle House circa 1990. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's rich. It's smoky. It's got some creaminess. So Get it replaces ceiling mm-hmm. tiles like every three weeks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It matches the the viscosity of the syrup and the pancake, but it's a break in the flavor. Uh, It's not jarring.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Ross? Um, I think I know the type of beer, but I can't think of one off the top of my head like a good milk stout. Uh, can you help me?
1: Well, so I like the four hands we were just talking about, but I uh, yeah, yeah. oh, uh, left hand the mi- nitro milk stash. Nitro, milk uh, there stouts. you yeah. go. Yeah, like yeah. probably one of like my more favorite of the milk stouts. Yeah, probably
2: yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I was I was also thinking maybe like when pa- with pancakes I often have orange juice, so like maybe the one we just uh, that Caleb just had. Yeah, that public access. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I'd actually fuck with that pineapple beer you had.
2: Oh yeah. If yeah. I
0: was doing like a, a citrusy pancake, mm-hmm. kind of.
1: Here's thing. the thing that and that to me is the like orange juice toothpaste bit. Um, yeah, uh, there's something about that citrus sour tartness mm-hmm. with the sweetness of a pa- that actually like doesn't really work for me.
0: I, w- I will actually fuck with like orange juice if I have like a heart like if I'm getting pancakes and orange juice. I also got chocolate milk.
1: Oh, something to kind of like yeah, like it
0: out. I, yeah, I can cut, I can cut the, I can cut it with orange juice. I never go pancake straight to orange juice. I need like a, I need oh, okay, a, yeah, yeah, I need a medium to sure. ramp up into totally.
1: the more citrusy flavors. Totally. All right, last one, and this is the heavy boy, mm-hmm. biscuits and gravy. What are you drinking with biscuits and gravy, Caleb? Oh man, it's gonna be tough. I'm gonna go with a recent pick that we had. Okay. Okay.
0: Gonna go 5050 Brewing 2019 Eclipse Banana Fritter Imperial Stout. Oh, damn. Cinnamon Sugar Asian Rum Barrels, which, if you haven't listened to Patron Extra 43, is a damn good beer that does banana well. Yeah. And uh, just want to be clear the biscuits and gravy should be called the fuck it breakfast. Oh, totally. You've given up. If I've given up and I'm going to be having a sort of. gastrointestinal day that I've scheduled with a biscuit and gravy breakfast, I might as well just give it up entirely and treat the tongue to a Bacchanal. Right. Uh, it's, it's a
1: treat yourself.
0: It's a treat yourself. The back end of me ain't having a good day. Right. And we might as well just make peace with that. I like this. And move on. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with that a Banana Fritter Porter. That was good. I
1: think that's smart. Uh, I, so I'm... Uh, we're talking about the he- the chonkiest of breakfasts. Oh, yeah. Sausage gravy, right? I mean, that shit's going to be You don't thick. plan on moving a lot today. No, 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 no. Right, right, right. And so for me, what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to cut things a little bit. I'm trying to introduce- Half some... measures. Fuck that centrist shit. It's 2020. No, I get that. I get that. I'm trying to introduce maybe some citrus, something a little bit lighter in there to break up the heaviness and the repetitiveness of- because like. One of the best parts is if you coat biscuits in gravy, uh, you've done fucked up. What you want to do is you want to put the gravy down the middle and then leave some of the biscuit uncoated because some of the dry biscuit is still really good and it breaks up some of the flavor. Hey, man,
0: you're in 30s. You already ate biscuits and gravies. You're already done fucked up. That's true. Just fuck up hard. That's true. Fuck up and make a story. But I want to. That's my take. But I
1: want something to break the monotony of all of the the saltiness. Mm. And I want to stick to my tradition of choosing the most basic bitches of beers in these We Make a Pair segments. I want a blue moon with an orange <laughs> because the, because it's like an adult orange That's juice. fucking in a different way. It is. You just chose
0: not to make a choice. That's right.
1: <laughs> I don't care about my palate or my preferences, bartender. Listen, the, the orange on the top is a nice citrus. It is a welcomed break from the salty savoriness of the sausage gravy and the biscuit. And so what I'm doing here is I'm kind of balancing out my breakfast, and it's a little vitamin C in a day where I've otherwise given up on vitamins. Uh,
0: okay. I, I've done this before, but going to a bar and ordering a Blue Moon is like waking up first thing in the morning to go to, like to the ballot and the polls, and then like slapping your ballot down confidently and saying, "I'm undecided," and then walking. I'm out. voting for
1: Joe Biden.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. like yeah, it is the. I I made an appointment not to be here. Totally, my kind of point yeah. of that. Look,
1: I, there's a time and place for blue moon, and I think it might be opposite of biscuit and gravy. is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, yeah,
2: Ross. Um, I was thinking, yeah, a little lighter, but I was actually thinking with a bit of sweetness to it. Uh, Boulevard lemon ginger radler.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. That um, does have a real breakfast,
2: f- like a mimosa. That, that, yeah, yeah, like a mo- yeah, exactly. That's the closest thing to a mimosa I could think of. Right. Uh, half measures, half me- half wow. measures, Ross. I want, I got, I want to have this breakfast, to have a good time, not to punish myself. No,
0: fuck that. Drink on fleek <laughs> so, and eat bitches and gravies. Thirteen
1: percent. Drink on fleek. <laughs> there, there's a place in town, Adobe's. They do a beer mosa, and it's blue moon, orange, and champagne, and it's actually uh, it's pretty delicious. Mm, so I'm okay. with you on this. All right, yeah. Um, well, uh, you're welcome we've solved your breakfast needs. We're going to get one more beer and we'll be right back. Caleb, uh, what are you drinking?
0: How you doing, buddy? I'm fine. You did a You did it.
1: <clears throat> that beer. <laughs> I just ate a jalapeno chip. <laughs> I just ate one of Ross's jalapeno chips and I just swallowed it all. <clears throat> um, that uh, Pipeworks beer was good, and I finished all of it. And th- We had whiskey earlier.
0: You didn't have a Pipeworks beer. I'm about to. Fuck. You, uh, you, uh, Woodworks. You had a Woodworks. Yeah. Close.
1: Yeah. Well, once made of trees.
2: Yeah. And the other one is <laughs> I poor. think we're uh, pretty apt think, for the title. No, a if you segment. think about it,
1: uh, trees are just nature's pipe for sap. <laughs> So, that's probably the episode title. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fuck, we need shirts. Why aren't we making shirts every episode? Yeah.
1: So, anyways.
0: God, never mind. I, you tell them what I'm drinking. I'm writing down the title of the episode. Right.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, this is from Ethan Fysette. Also, he's given us two, two beers. One was super quality. We hope the second one is equally that quality. Uh, and this is from Pipeworks Brewing, which is a beer that we, uh, or a brewer that we encountered an episode or two ago. This is the Dark Dreams Baltic Porter. Caleb, how is it? <laughs> Th- thank you for that. You're welcome. I was typing the best episode title <laughs> we ever come
0: up with. <laughs>
1: <sighs> Uh, Ooh.
2: the can's kind of hypnotic.
1: I
0: like design, it's yeah.
1: very Rossy. I I, I, I <laughs> wow. like that we uh we left the porter for Caleb because Caleb has such a curious relationship with porters, and so it's real love hate. Yeah, it really is. Oh yeah. god, this one's hate. God. Oh god, no, even even really liked this one. <laughs> no, Caleb, why? Caleb does not like this one. Maybe it turned. Oh, oh it did not turn. This is not oh, love hate. No.
0: He gave it to me, I took it straight home. It was refrigerated, it has not stopped. This is hate hate. Wow.
1: He's going back for a second one because... Well, to confirm. You got to confirm the kill. Let me Give me that. Give me that beer.
0: Okay. I'm not going to describe anything until you drink it. Okay.
2: Spoilers. You've make... already
0: described things. Sir. I have to make sure I'm not going crazy.
2: Wow. It's <sighs> that kind of beer. Question your own reality.
1: Um, well, there's more on the back than...
2: Ooh. Oh, yeah. There it is.
0: Um,
1: no, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't think it's a one, but it's not a three. I'll tell you what it's not. It's what it's not to me. It's not a porter. It's too. It's, it's kind of porterish. It's too alcoholic. There I, is a lot of alcohol.
0: I, I I don't know what the ABV is, but it um nine point five. It tastes like a twenty mm. uh, in terms of the alcohol. Uh, and I say that having drunk Eclipse and right. shit that's like 15%. Yeah,
1: it is It is alcohol sweet on the back very
0: end. Very astringent on the back end. Let me have it again. Um, yeah, it, it owes a retaste. I, I will say my second sip was bigger, better than my first sip because it was very strong.
1: Yeah. Um, it, well, yeah, it's a lot. Um, there's... Definitely like a sharpie marker quality in there, and or something. burnt,
0: very burnt malt. The burnt, yeah. Uh,
1: you know, and uh, that's a
0: porter. That's a porter by yeah, definition. Yeah. But there is a area in which you go past to too far. You
1: know what? It uh, kind of tastes like. Uh, you remember those like scented markers, Mister Sketch or whatever, <laughs> like that were popular when we were kids. You eat a lot of those as a kid. Well, I imagine if you put your tongue on one of those and the scent was like, some of them were like strawberry and orange, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. one was like porter. I imagine that's kind of like Kids what you. Afford- yeah, that's exactly right. I imagine that's kind of what you'd get out of. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't hate it. There's just something. It actually is a very balanced beer on the front and on the back. Somewhere in the middle, something is so imbalanced that it throws the whole thing out of whack for me. I,
0: yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Um, I also don't know what Baltic
1: <sighs> discerns. You know what it is? In a if-
0: porter, um, I'll be honest. I am not that aware it
1: has a it has a shot like quality to it in its delivery of alcohol in one fell swoop
0: yeah i have to like fucking psych myself up to get another drink it
1: it. is it is a it it is a a going for it
0: (sighs) that is a two for me but it is closer to a one than a three
1: okay yeah Uh, low two we would say it's a low two yeah Yeah. totally regular
0: sorry ethan but i don't i don't get that he's three
1: and he's three and a half for four now right yeah he might have lost a half point he's three for four okay yeah which is pretty good. I mean, if we were to look over the grand, if we were to catalog and, and actually manage any of this data appropriately, I would imagine that his he, he he's batting higher than most people.
0: Look, that I drank 600 beers does not mean I'm an expert in beer. It means I'm an alcoholic. It doesn't say anything about the taste I had while right. I
1: engaged in that beer. This That's
0: could true. be very good, just like... Everything we said could be very good at no, bad. No,
1: I've had some things that are not very good.
0: Well, yeah, it's not a leaky roof metery. It's not a hard one, but it's like, a, Champagne
1: Velvet was yeah, not good. It's a two. Yeah. It's definitely a two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, we're not we drunk enough. What are we talking about?
0: Why? You proposed this. Oh I've, shit, I did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we really are drunk enough. Right. <laughs> um so Earlier, well, originally I proposed something about moving, and then you reminded me that we've talked about moving before.
0: And every time I feel like we've, again, gone limp and just right. let, the, let the rhythm of the podcast take us away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, It's worth noting that not only have we consumed a lot of beers, we've talked about a, technically one segment for every beer. So we've also <laughs> talked about more than 600 things, which I bet if you were to look over the grand swaths of any of your friendships and or relationships, you may be hard-tasked to come up with 600 unique things you've talked about. In Outside like a spouse, yeah. Right? So, yeah, sometimes we do double up on stuff. But and
0: we didn't this time. That's right. That's right. We didn't. We're going we're gonna to talk personally about a thing we've talked about in a listener
1: question before. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um. So here's something I've been struggling with lately, which is uh, I am bad at appreciating art. Like, very bad at it. And every time, and Brandy likes to go to museums. She likes to look at interesting things. She wants to talk about them. And I want to be a good partner in those moments. And I have no, I repeat, zero critical vocabulary (laughs) for art. And so, what I uh, am often left doing in those moments and being like, yeah, I don't really know if it looks like a person, though. And that is not a meaningful <laughs> criticism of anything, but for, like, an anatomy drawing. And, uh, and it's been kind of, like, weighing on me lately uh, because we've been buying things for our home and Brandy wants to go on, like... Well, there's... The, look, say what you want about the Ozarks. They are generally fucked up. Uh, and the, the, the feature of an entire Jason Bateman series. Um, but in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas home of walmart there's like one of the world's probably like best kept secrets crystal bridges the art museum
0: yeah best kept secrets for money laundering purposes
2: 100 <laughs> uh, well, tax evasion
1: too don't forget, <laughs> yeah, tax don't forget that man right yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. they are one and the same right it, it like <laughs> there are actual differences it, as i understand <laughs> they're both it, felonies though <laughs>
1: it's largely just like
0: it's all guillotine food for me yeah, but yeah. It sorry it is right.
1: just the waltons pretty much just like funding personal public and private art collections yeah and um i
0: told you about my crystal bridges larp didn't i yes where you, where you go pretend to be russian oligarchs looking to buy things to launder your uh, and i am money. in
1: so hard on this only if i can use my australian voice because that's the only good voice i have and it's terrible so that's where i
2: am <laughs> yeah, new, just, new zealand oligarch yeah, no, yeah no, new zealand, australian yeah. mining oligarch right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh? Co- coal mining
1: <laughs> eh right Put it put it over the drill. Yeah. Uh, let's, I just say that over and
0: over again. Just an oil painting over the oil
2: drill. Oh uh, yeah, that'd be good. Uh what are you looking at when I'm having brekkie. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, when I was at fringe, yeah. um, but anyways, uh I'm Brandy like and it's only like a fucking hour and a half drive from here, It's sure. even that. So like Brandy wants to go to Crystal Bridges, and I support all these things. And I know we're gonna get there.
2: Does um does Brandy use a lot of like jargon and things like that when she looks at art? No, but she she, she knows she, more about it? She paints. I don't, okay, she I, paints. Okay. I, well she
0: at least
1: participates
0: in the show. She does.
2: And she's actually a great painter.
1: Mm-hmm. Um let me say this. I don't know that it's she knows more or less,
2: and I think that's mm-hmm.
1: I think that's partially the problem that I'm stuck well, in. Well, she's
2: I mean, if she's like training at, to do an art, like you know, but she's not.
1: Um, she took an art like an art history class okay. in
2: college, and she really enjoyed it. But well, I, I mean, she's saying she can paint, so she has some
1: like, right, right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, she's certainly creative and talented. I think the problem that I'm running into here is because of my background, training, upbringing, mm-hmm. academic record, or whatever. Mm-hmm. For me. The way I encounter things is well, what is my critical vocab like what what do I know about this or what is my critical mm-hmm. vocabulary and you're for four oh four not fine. hundred percent. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right.
2: Yeah. Art, art. Loading, I mean, loading, what, loading. Yeah. Yeah. Art, critical art appreciation is one, a trained skill. Like if you don't have it, like that's, that's so yeah, you, you, it's not an intuitive thing. You right. have to be, you have to take art history or you have to read about it in order totally. to appreciate. It. Well, not, you can appreciate it on a sort of intuitive level. But, but, there's, yeah. but I think
1: that's the bit I'm stuck on. Ross, okay. Is yeah. that. Um, but you
2: gain more by having that uh, critical because knowledge. Because
1: I have no critical vocabulary mm-hmm. for it i am left to intuitive level and so maybe like another way of saying like the prompt for this drunk enough is nothing makes me realize how non-intuitive <laughs> i am as looking at a piece of art and being functionally sure. incapable of going like i don't know i guess it's good maybe it's bad Who? someone tell me if this is good or bad art now please sure um and it just it feels it just feels bad like, okay. it weighs on me. Sure. I mean, had, I'm not going to fix you, it. You know you're ignorant about a
2: major part of our culture. <laughs> I'm, right, not that's gonna right. yeah. I'm not going to fix I'm not going to go learn about art. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's YouTube videos about it. Do you know about YouTube? <laughs> couldn't tell you. Uh,
1: I, I, I found this red tube thing the other day. It seemed it didn't seem really? very artistic. That is type of art, technically. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm not going to fix it. Nope. I don't
2: want to see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some would say the human body is a form of art. Uh, Some yeah. would. Yeah. Um, well... Okay, so there, there. I mean, the thing is, there are there are you know, rich art is a rich tapestry, and there are there are multiple levels. There, the sort of current problem, one of the major problems, is that art is also now is a major font for money laundering and tax evasion by the rich, and there is this whole classist like. Industry around it, right. which sort of is about, is a literary, very much about gatekeeping. And so that, that's sort of intimidating and sort of like, oh, when you hear about art being sold for $50 million, does that make it objectively better than something that's cheaper? Uh, and also, it's hard to find good art. And also, there's all these new artists that are coming up. And are they at, being promoted because they are good artists or because they're marketable and somebody's trying to make money off of them? Right. right? And that kind of thing. So there, there's that problem. But right. Yeah, and, so and that, so that, that, I watched yeah. Exit
1: Through the Gift Shop, mm-hmm. which is the extent of my critical ability to evaluate. Art, and I remember mm-hmm. thinking at the time, this whole art thing seems pretty fucked up. Well, uh, okay, so there, are, and that was like a decade ago.
2: There's just two, so there's two. like I, I would say, well, there for what I do is there's there's two major things to look at when you're looking at a piece of art. One is the cultural context, okay, uh, and two is like what does the art say to you personally, right? Uh, and so the cultural context you may not be aware of. Uh for example do you like the reason why impressionism is so important is because it it was a, a artist response to a previous style the academy style and like uh this idea of like looking at reality through what our eyes actually see like seeing hazy distortion in the uh, in the because of heat and that kind of thing like mm-hmm. the academy style was very much like like very just draw it perfectly and in focus hyper exact well, yeah, exactly, yeah. and so that like, if you don't know that cultural context, you well, this doesn't. This just looks like it's something out of focus. Like, right. what does that matter? Right, but like this doesn't uh, look like the fucking sky. Right. But on an intuitive level, you're like, what does this art say to you? Uh, and there's basic like composition and co- use of color um, that it doesn't take very long to sort of pick up. And or,
1: that's the trick. Like, have yeah. you guys, like, honestly, have you like been in an, uh, a, a museum setting? And walked up on a thing and just felt like punched in the gut by it. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Me neither. Okay. Uh, no, like I, I've I, never, I, yeah, I have. Like, I've
0: never... It's very rare. Right. Um. So, I will tell you this. Here's the thing. You, you're you not of this field, nor am I. Right. And I'm the first to admit it. And I lived with art majors all throughout school. Yeah. You did. <clears throat>
1: Jesus. Art made, Like They were uh, air major. quote art majors. If yeah. you were making like a 90s film, like uh, what's the fucking one with Jennifer Love, Hewitt, uh, like, and Seth Green. Like If you were making a movie with those two people and you mm-hmm. needed to cast an art major, you would go find Caleb's roommates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From 2002 to 2005. Sure. 2005, there's 2005, a, there's yeah. a lot of... So
0: here's yeah. the thing. When you get deep enough in anything, you realize that the majority of that thing is bullshit. Just yeah. like the majority of literary criticism is bullshit meant to justify your tenure position that right. you don't deserve. Right, and right, the right, majority sure. of, you know, writing is like w- workshop white guy wankery. That's nonsense. Uh WWE. or it's like, "Oh, look at how sad it is to be poor even though I'm not." You know, you you read enough anything, you you do enough anything, you realize the majority of nonsense until your taste is, gets to a level where you realize that the things that aren't nonsense are transcendent. It's about eliminating the middle ground. Like, there's not a lot of middle ground and gap. It's like, oh, okay. Um, So here's the thing. Just relish that and get to enjoy where you go to a museum in the first place. Because you need to enjoy the act of seeing the art before you can appreciate it. My trick, make up new titles for the paintings. (laughs) That's definitely what I do. (laughs) Well, the other... Uh, I'm sure that's yeah. what Laura Briskin-Limehouse appreciated as uh, Sarah and I went to the Smithsonian and I saw a bunch of like women with parasols on a beach in, like, spring break, 1899. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's what the Smithsonian wants. Eh,
2: probably not. I had a great time. It was a lovely trip to the, to the museum. Well, to be honest, a lot of curators would actually like that because that means at least you're engaging with the art. It's exactly. responding to you.
0: Exactly. And that's the other thing. You always got post-modernism to lean back on. Fuck it. It's all bullshit. <laughs> just do what you want. Death of the Artist. Artist w- is dead, bitch. We can talk about Barths till we're blue in the face. Right. And here's the thing. If someone who's not like used to Barths and right. talking mm-hmm. about it like we are, he reads bars They're just going to be so, like, so his whole thesis is do what I want anyway because you can't stop me? Okay. We needed a whole book about that? Like... They're gonna find it the same level of like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just make it your own thing, and why feel guilty about it? And um, then if something comes after it that you want to observe, what Ross said, the historical context, the history, yeah, the, the Hegelian yeah. dialectic of academy versus impressionism school, and the constant, you know, uh, establishment reactionary fight that the art world finds. Um, go for it. Like once you get there, that's fine. But you got to enjoy the experience of looking at it first. That's the problem. And Um, and here's the thing. Do whatever you want to get there. Um,
2: Well, a few things. Obviously, the museums would probably have information to give you an appreciation to understand the picture in front of you, at least a little condensed version. Uh, There's a lot of really good work in that. There are apps now that you can use to help you do that. Um, Another thing is just like one thing to know what is art was not art. And like one one helpful thing is to know like what is kitsch. And Mm -hmm. like for me, my working definition of kitsch is it's emotionally parasitic. Like, do you know Thomas Kinkade? Yeah. Yeah. And Thomas Kinkade is emotionally parasitic because he uses tropes and like icons that you immediately recognize to sort of like see oh this is a nice cottage and you you feel oh nostalgic and sentimental about it because it's the nice cottage. Ignore that there's light coming from inside the cottage that makes no sense from a technical perspective. Right. It's it's a grotesque piece of
1: right. shit. Yeah.
2: Uh, but like so think of like, for example, I was really lucky to see an Edward Hopper exhibit. And so I saw Nighthawks in in the actual painting. And just thinking about that painting and that time of period, but even with that, you could just see these people all with shoulders slumped over, uh, basically weary expressions on their face. And just by looking at it, I could sort of get a sense of what hopper was going for. So th- just think about what you respond to. Right. And what kind of symbols? I mean, the most like, yeah. So, um, I
1: think that's the trick. I yeah. think, I think,
2: what do you think you would respond to? That's,
1: I think that's the, pr- like I, um, I think I'm in my own head about this all now. Mm-hmm. And well, so if you're not I, sure you should expose yourself. To and so it. when I see things now, so like, um, and this is like, this is dumb. But so, Brandy and I, uh, we went to Bentonville for my birthday last year, and we didn't go to Crystal Bridges. We're going to go back, but we did stay. I have passes. We should
0: go together. Yeah, totally. Double we totally day. should.
1: But we went, so we stayed at a 21C, which are these, like, boutique chain hotels where they do big art installations inside the hotel. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, pretty stunning stuff, I think. I don't know. God, laundering so much money. So much money laundering. But I'm in my own head about it now because I've been to a few, like, Kansas City actually has a great uh, museum. The Nelson Atkins is, like, Mm -hmm. fucking wonderful, and I grew up going there. Yeah. and Springfield even has like a nice little art museum. We fucking got some Andy Warhol stolen, so you're welcome, <laughs> yep. art world. We're relevant. Um, I I think I'm so in my own head about that very question, which is what do I think I'm responding to? And I think where I'm stuck right now is what am I supposed to respond to? So I think I've built like some some filters in between mm-hmm. me and the thing. And so when I look at stuff now, my first my 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 default response which is the one I think you're calling for here is the organic. What do you feel? Yeah. And instead I walk up to a thing And my immediate thought
2: is like what am I supposed to Feel here and am I feeling that thing I mean that's 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 the definition of art Is that it has an ambiguous it has a Different interpretation to different right. people right. Like kitsch is like you are only Supposed to feel one thing and it's very Manipulative in that sense I, art is Like Edward Hopper me like oh these people are Defeated or these people are just over you know Like what does it mean like uh, There's no fucking door in the diner uh, In Nighthawks like uh, So it's a little surreal in that respect back because right. they're trapped does that was that a mistake was that intentional right so like it makes you think um so and hopper has a lot of that like almost you know uh, uh noir well very noir sensibility and yeah. so like it i really respond to that but uh obviously different styles will so yeah try and just open yourself up to it and think and and uh, uh interrogate yourself also yeah.
0: don't don't feel as if you have to have an opinion one way or the other like if anyone gives you shit over it first off No one has repelled the act of criticism harder than the modern art world. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is partly because artists are primarily visual thinkers, and that is not the way they handle the world. And so they make the art not seeking for some sort of narrative or cultural commentary completion that criticism sort of demands. And so it's an authentic rebellion against it. The other half is that they make art because people paid them money to make art, and they are getting paid a shit ton of money to continue to make art. And it's a money laundering scheme. <laughs> and either way, <laughs> either way, you have complete permission to be, I am in the museum. I paid and or worked to be here. I can have whatever fucking opinion I want. Right, about right, 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 right. And I think that should be the start. Then then you can have like taste afterwards. But it'd be like, at this point you're worried about like, do I have the right opinion about beer and this is my first beer? Mm,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Uh, also a lot <laughs> of like yeah. contemporary, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of contemporary art is also incredibly referential to other art. Right? So like it's, it's no a conversation it. that you're hundreds of pages away. So don't, don't worry about that. Like worry about like whatever uh, classics are being up there. I mean, there's a reason why people are still, you know, displaying Edward Hopper 70, 80 right. years after he's or probably a hundred years by now. And if you don't like, um, yeah.
0: if you don't like the art, art that's that referential, congrats, write a manifesto. Like right now, now you're a thing included in a textbook. Be like, that, that is the discussion of art. Fuck no. everything that came before. I'm going to do it a different way. And you can only do that so many times before the critical reaction can be eh, right. whatever I want it to be. And then later we could talk about it in context of like a social Fuck. group or a I certain should, thing. I should write an art book. I mean, it.
1: Art as encountered by a non-artist.
0: Oh God, I think that's already been done multiple
1: times before, Could be if I had to times guess.
2: <laughs> New Patreon milestone. <laughs> Spencer writes an art book. Yeah. Spencer's <laughs> art a, podcast. Yeah.
1: It's an art coffee table book in which I just talk about all the things I don't understand about the art I'm looking at. Actually, every page on the right side, it's me looking at a piece of famous art. And on the left side, it's just kind of a live dialogue about what I'm thinking while I'm looking at it. Honestly, people would fucking read that coffee table book. I would, I would bet someone might read that coffee table book.
0: I mean, most of it's just going to be about like that Chiefs game,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl,
0: I felt this way. And you're looking like Andrew Wyatt's
1: Christina's world, <laughs> right? It seems like Andrew Wyatt was that, like right out there, like on the on his lawn. Yeah, may have also felt this way one time about something. <laughs> Okay, well, we have a plan at least now. (laughs) Um, Hey, if you have any tips or tricks for understanding art, shoot me a DM. I'm uh, in the market. Uh, Hey, if you're listening to this, it means that you're a mixed six listener officially, but guess what? You could be a backer. Don't forget to check out our Patreon page. Just go to patreon.com Look for the Mix 6 Podcast. You can find lots of opportunities to get even more content than the shit that you're finding now. And after this, how could you not want to listen to more of this stuff? We've got half episodes. We've got many episodes. We've got a lot more long episodes. We've even got some videos and some images from some friends of the podcast. But if you're not following us on Twitter, don't forget to check it out at the Mix 6. You can also go to facebook.com, look for a page or a group, the Mix 6 Podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Y-O-U-T-U-B-E dot That's different than any of the other tubes. And you can always check out our website, www.themixix.com. Finally, if you want to send something to the podcast. In which
0: we might give you a sobriquet, an official mix six title.
1: We might. We might. We'll see what happens. Sends what, depends on what you send us. Some people have sent us olive oil. <laughs> Some people have sent us other things. Somebody sent us haywire. You know who. Uh, So just don't be that. Uh, Well, his heart, specifically. Yeah, his heart. Yeah, technically. Um, Just go ahead and send it to The Mixed Six. That's the name of the podcast you're listening to. 2131 West Republic Road, number 101, Springfield, Missouri, 65807. This has been The Mixed Six Podcast. I'm Spencer. Pipes carrying water is really just the sap of the earth. It's true. It's true, though, when you think about it. (laughs) With your art brain. This has been the Mix Six <laughs> Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.